On Second Shot, we tackle two new headlines every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And we want you to be a part of that. When you see a headline you want to take a second shot at, or if you're looking for advice, or just want to tell us what you think of the show, email us at secondshotcast at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, rate us on iTunes. This helps us move up in the ratings so more people will see us. And if you want to hear more, subscribe to the show so that the new episodes will get straight to you every single Friday. We love you. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Heath Oaks is a millennial mogul whose ignorance on fire led him to fail his way to success. Jenny Anchando is an Emmy award-winning journalist whose sharp eye and biting wit have led to her storied career in television. Together, they tackle today's headlines in a way only an odd couple with a dash of perfect opposite can. So kick back, relax, and join the conversation. This is Second Shot with your hosts, Heath and Jenny. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Second Shot podcast from home. Heath and I are recording an episode. I had like this last minute idea that I thought, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, I had some questions about and I thought that you guys might be interested in this content too. So, um, hey, babe. Basically, she just figured out a way to make sure that I couldn't put Brighton's new dome climbing thing um, together tonight because she wanted to record this. And and I love her mom and dad, and I want to go hurt them at the moment that they ordered this because it's literally a million pieces. It is. I just got them to the playhouse, so I, I was looking know. for a rest. Now I've got a dome that is five million pieces. The playhouse was self-induced. You decided to do that. There's, it wasn't self-induced. Like, Every was kid the, needs a playhouse. Okay, but it wasn't like nobody came to you and held, you know, your feet to the fire and said you have to Brighton play Brighton did. Okay. Brighton didn't even know what a playhouse was. He yeah, but she, I love Is playhouses. reliving his youth <laughs> by building a playhouse. Every kid needs a playhouse. I don't care who you are. Uh, anyway, you guys, we've been doing a lot of second shot sit-downs. I have missed you know a couple episodes ago we had the whole crew back together i've missed doing episodes obviously you know with heath in it but we're in the freaking midst of she a, hasn't missed me don't I let her lie you it's just i mean it's it's he's pretty busy <laughs> right now trying to keep this business a going and really you know so i get it but um, as you take a sip of your wine as i take a sip of my wine it is currently the day we're recording this it is the night of the vice presidential debate, just to set the stage. I have it recording. I'm also... I could care less about listening to it. Okay, I know. But this is my job. So <laughs> I'll be discussing, you know, we discuss this every day on the show that I work on. Um, which, shout out, 10 a.m. on CW33 here in Dallas, if you're local. But um, it's the night of the vice presidential debate. It's the night that Heath got some free steaks from work. And so we opened a bottle of wine. Yep. And it's the night that I decided I was going to do an interview with Heath about the process of writing a book. But you know, the most exciting thing I'm looking forward to is hmm. me and my old friends this weekend oh. are going to race dirt bikes and motocross tracks all weekend long. <sighs> Campers, dirt bikes, motocross racing, racing this weekend. I literally am almost not able to sleep at night. I'm so pumped. I, it's, I mean, look. The last thing you're pumped about is that, but for me, no. I can't sleep. No, no, no. Don't take that away from me. I'm <laughs> actually pumped. I'm actually pumped for you. I mean, I want, look, I want you to have a good life. I mean, I want you to have fun. I want you to be with your friends. I want you to do your thing. I want to understand more. The only thing that I'm mad, like if Jeannie is listening, Jeannie Barnett, I am very annoyed with her. 
She is the wife. And she got a dirt bike to go ride That's with That's why I'm annoyed with her. Because here's I'll the, get you a dirt bike. It's just, no, Jeannie like <laughs> went and one up the rest of the wives. Like I thought I was being the cool wife by being supportive of the guys weekend. But then Jeannie like double cool wifed me by getting her own dirt bike and then actually liking it. Yeah. So I'm just, I've got a bone to pick with her. I'm not sure if she's listening, but if she is, like, you are on my list. You are on my big, <laughs> you're on my big list. Because I was thinking I was being the ultimate cool wife by saying, go see your friends, you know, hang out in the country, you know, do your thing. And um, anyway, Jeannie had to go get a bike. So um, Heath agreed to answer all my questions about the process of writing a book. Are you ready? Are you ready for the biggest interview you'll ever have? Not really, because you did not tell me any of the questions you were going to no. ask me or nope. what you were going to do. It's nope. just kind of like, hey, come nope. do this. So I have no idea what she's about to throw at me. Well, deal with it. Um, this is like, we're, we're you know, and we're going to get back to doing some more classic second shots, by the way. We have one scheduled in, I think, about a week or so where we do the second shot at the headlines. Um, but for now, we're interrogating my husband, which I think is the best form of a podcast. I'm uh, scared. Okay. Okay, well, so let's let's start at the beginning in terms of, oh my gosh, well, how do you know? Because I think there's a lot of people out there who've had an experience or have had something happen in their life, and they're like, you know what, that should be a book. Or maybe people say to them, like, that should be a book. So what? how did you figure out? Because you also have had, written blog posts and you've written extensive, like, long-form LinkedIn posts and trainings for your company and things like that. So what made you decide that this, like, this story of, of your life and these experiences needed to be a book? Well, understand something, first of all, is that yes, I'm not the most grammar-proficient writer in the world. I, I think don't we even all think know that this was correct sentence structure. Probably was not. But good but job on using the word proficient. A perfect example of, of that. Okay, so if you're going to do it and you're somebody like me, you, you need to get good people in your corner to be helping out. Um, and so the, the thing with me was that um, I was in Jacksonville, Florida, and it was some of the people that I was bringing up. And as I would go through things and trying to help them through building their businesses and all that, there would be several of them. It was literally, I think, in a two-month period – a handful of them go, you need to put that down. Give that to me. Put that in writing. You need to write that up so I can give it to my new agents or to this and that. Mm-hmm. It, it helped inspire me here. And I want I want to pass that along to to them. You know, this was almost like, I mean, podcasts were probably around, but I didn't know of podcasts back then. Um, and I didn't know of all those things because that would have been something I would have probably more so <laughs> lent to. If you knew you about a podcast, I mean? just talking. you just recorded it. Yeah, yeah. versus the, the whole writing thing because um, any of my English teachers in high school would tell you that if they were going to have a student write a book, I was definitely probably last on their list of the guests of who was going to do it. So um, for me, well, that well, no, I was definitely not going to be that one. Okay. Um, just being honest. So yeah. the thing is, is I go back to with, um, but that was it. So then I started putting the stuff down, started just collecting it up, putting it down, everything in paper that I had. And, and I never set out to say, I'm going to write a book. It was just writing it down, giving it to them to share with their new reps and their new agents and all that. The next thing you know, it kind of built up a good compound, little, little, little um, stack of stuff. Compile, compost. Compile, So piled <laughs> it up. Then I come back to North Texas. From Florida. From Florida. And I had that. And, and, and when I could move back to you North Texas. You guys didn't know he actually has lived outside of Texas, which is very unusual for a Texan. Yeah. Side note. Exactly. So I then when I came back to North Texas, so I had a lot of free time and night on my hands. I was single. 
and I was living in Dallas where a lot of the friends that I had that, that were not living there. So I just had a lot and that's just doodling stuff down. And come around the corner, one of the sales managers in my whole territory had came up to me a couple months after being here and was like, You need to write a book. He goes, I'm a writer. I really like writing. I would love to help you if you ever want to. And I went, Oh my God, that is crazy. So his name is Roy Jeffords, who Shout out to Roy. Now understand something. What I don't the most probably the thing that I don't Uh, like the most about my book. I know. Is that Roy's name is not on it. It is not Heath Oaks and Roy Jeffords. Because I fought for that. And if Roy, if you're listening, you would call me fighting for it, and Roy fought me would not let me do it. We have so, so many everybody can understand. My book should name have should have Roy Jeffords' name on it because he helped me to the max to actually make it something that people could read and listen to. Yeah, and if Roy wouldn't have came into my life and pushed it, it would never be a book. I think it's good that you say that. I mean, a lot of people act like they wrote that, like that. I mean, and you wrote this. It is your story, and you wrote a lot down. But also, you and but Roy, like I sense. saw you guys working together every, weekend. every single weekend for a bazillion years. Thank God he ever got done with that book, so he could build this play structure. My parents sent. Yes. That's going to take the next bazillion years. Yes. Um, but but I do think it's nice that you you say that because a lot. Well, of people, I wanted like, his name on the book. You remember that? Yeah, I do. I, I do. My name on the it's book. actually been kind of a thing. I almost feel like it's made you less likely to try to promote it, it has. because you feel weird about if it. If I could do it all over again, I would not let him talk me into not having his name on the book because Roy's name should be on the book. So shout out to Roy. So Roy helped you. You guys worked in collaboration. Oh, I mean, it wasn't. And the thing is, Roy will tell you, too, that it was. I mean, Roy and I met every weekend, I would say at least for a year straight, minimum a year straight. Every weekend at our house, sitting down for hours. And I would send stuff I wrote to him. I would send voice memos to him. We would sit down on the weekends. We would write it out and. Roy was is the writer. He's the one who could make it creative mm-hmm. and make it cool. I was not there. I'm not piping at that level. Sunlight. Yeah, popping in sunlight. That, that little line was genius. That line of was so good. But I found him. I mean, he he was the one who helped push me over the edge with it. So it's okay. So I guess so. I guess we're thinking if somebody's listening and they're like, "Man, I've got a story. I've got a second shot." First thing to figure out is, do you need to write a book, or could you do something different? Like for example, because writing a book is a beating years. Uh, it's a be. I mean, it's 130 a page Unless, book was years. Well, and I think some people really are though. Writing is their thing, so it's not a beating. It's their calling. It's their passion. But if it's not your calling, your passion, it's a lot. Like 100. percent Right. So I think that it sounds like what you're saying. The first thing you do is you figure out: Does this need to be a book, or is this a blog, or is this a Facebook group, or a Facebook page, or is this a podcast? Like figure out. And, it, and I do think that what you created is best suited for a book. Because it was a creative story. But see, I wouldn't have known that if I wouldn't have started somewhere. So here's what a lot of people do. They'll sit around and think they have an idea of some sort or they maybe have some content in their mind, right? And they're like, I just don't know where to do and where to start. And I go, well, just start somewhere putting stuff down and then see where it leads. Like me, I want to say it was probably 2012 when I just started putting stuff down. I think the book didn't come out till probably 20... I was pregnant, 2016. 2016. So four years later... I was super pregnant, so maybe 2017. So probably four years after the first time I put something down. So it's not a quick process. I never... No intention at all of a book. But people ask, I put stuff down. And so wherever you are, just start putting stuff down. Maybe it starts with starting a community on Facebook. Maybe it starts with one blog post. 
that can lead into something. Whatever it is, you just got to start putting it. If you have, if you think you have an idea, the great thing about today's world is you can start a blog for nothing mm-hmm. anywhere to Facebook, to social media, anything. Start putting stuff out there and you start seeing what the reactions come to. And it doesn't take a lot. It's not a massive commitment. And I, and I promise you what will happen is it just leads it to you. Like even me, it was like, oh, I put some stuff down and gave it to people and then kind of forgot about it until North Texas. And then Roy came into my life and pushed me for the next thing and looked at it and said, oh, we can make this. And he put it to this thing. And one thing leads to another and boom, we have a book. Mm-hmm. And so I think you just you got to stop talking about it. If you have something in your mind, stop talking about it. Record a video. Put it on YouTube. Mm. Okay? Maybe writing's not it. Put a damn video on YouTube. See if the world reacts to it. Keep putting them out there. You had some... You had but the some world didn't YouTube. react to it. No, no. You had some YouTube videos that had a ton of views. Yeah, but it didn't go anywhere else. So the world didn't react to that. So it led to my book. So it, what I'm saying is if you put content yeah. out there in today's world... And see what It sticks. will lead to something. And you can do it in today's world for free. Yeah, true that. No, you did have a ton of... I mean, you have more views on your random poor grammar YouTube videos than I do on like stories that I spent months on. So just saying. Hey, it's Zach. I'm in my apartment recording this audio so Matt can sneak it into the show before Jenny and Heath hear it. I know they always do the sponsor reads, but guys, I had to get in here so I could tell you about Energy Ogre. They've been a longtime supporter of the show, and this summer, Christine and I finally signed up to see if they're really as good as Heath and Jenny say, and guys, Energy Ogre is totally legit. It's crazy. Check this out. You sign up for Energy Ogre for just $10 a month. You send them your most recent power bill, and the team at Energy Ogre will run the numbers to find out how you can save more money on your bill by switching to a different provider. Then, they'll switch you over to that provider for you and you'll immediately start saving money that you would have been spending on whatever company was ripping you off in the first place. Christine and I switched over this summer and I've been kicking myself for not signing up earlier ever since. We saved so much off our power bill that we paid for Energy Ogre's service fee and now we got a little extra scratch for date night. If you live in Texas, if you're in a house or an apartment, whatever, go to energyogre.com right now and put in the promo code Second Shot, and you can get your first month totally free. Support Energy Ogre, support Second Shot, and support your savings by switching to Energy Ogre. I think that's good advice with regard to figuring out where to go with it. I think the other thing people wonder when they're thinking about doing this is, um, so, okay. So say, and, and some people will write it themselves without a Roy, if they're inclined to do that, or some people will work alongside somebody to help them write it. Then the next part of the process is that when you like, then do you figure out, okay, so I'm going to self publish or I'm going to get up so, or, or try to get somebody to publish it, or I'm going to hybrid publish. Like what's that process like? So that's a great question because that, oh, that, thank that, you. The, the, yeah, you're a great question asker. So <laughs> as you, you get up and steal my wand, so you just jacked my wand. I mean, you were just letting it aerate way too long. That's cold hearted. <laughs> um, so the best thing about today's world is, is that there are many different ways to get your, your data out there. There are three ways to get a book out. Okay. Okay. There is self-publishing. Hybrid publishing in a traditional published published book, okay? So here, here's what we did. Roy and I put our manuscript together. And when you, you get a manuscript together, and then you can shop it out. Now, 
So we shopped out to regular publish, pub, full publishing houses, your traditional Penguin House, all those things, right? And unless you are a Ginny Ann Chondo or something oh, come on. with hundreds of thousands of followers and all that, the likelihood in today's world of you having a traditional published book yeah. are slim. Now, it's also the likelihood that you would even want it. So, so somebody like me, even we had, Roy and I had a traditional published house. Interesting. The problem is it wasn't enough like so so a traditional publisher they're going to want to own the rights the name they they will own the rights the and names and everything they can change the title they can I mean they own they well want. they own that name that trademark the I mean you sell everything over to them and so if you are a really really big name though and they're going to give you a 2 million dollar upfront fee plus 50 cents for every book sold it's worth it okay but they were like 10 to 20 grand up front for us and like 50 cents for every book sold. So to us, it was like, and to give away all those rights. So if it caught fire, the name of Ignorance on Fire and all that, they own it. I can't do anything with it. And 20 grand wasn't enough for me to give that up. Two million, absolutely, they can have it. It's like, it's like when Dolly Parton said that she wasn't going to sell, what was the song? We were just watching the documentary. Whitney Houston. You no. thought Whitney Houston wrote it. I, I will Whitney, always love you. I thought Whitney Houston wrote I will always love you. And then Dolly Parton in that new documentary said. Um, well, Whitney it was Dolly Parton's. What? Wait, it was what? Dolly Parton's song. Dolly Parton said, Whitney Houston made me rich. Yeah. Um, no, but what was it else? She was, she was, oh, it was Elvis. It was Elvis. Elvis she, wanted, Elvis but he, Elvis would song. own all the rights. And it, but Elvis would own all the rights. To a, it was It was a different song. But she was like, no, I'm going to keep my song. And like, how hard would that be? Because I mean, I even hear like 10 to 20 grand and I'm like, shoot, I'd take it. Yeah, that wasn't enough to make me want to give that up. And so then there's the self-publishing route, which which what self-publishing is, is and, and now it's really easy to do self-publishing or hybrid publishing these days. Self-publishing is that you, you'll find a self-publish, you can literally go self Google self-publishing books. There are tons of sites that help you self-publish. Amazon helps you self-published. So what that is, is that you will go on there. They, you'll sign up through their program. They're going to give you options for creative designers to help you hire the right person to design your cover, hire different line editors, content editors, and everything that go into a book. Okay. You'll hire them all, pay them all. Amazon will just put all that together for you and have it printed and send it to you. You'll have the boxes of the books and then you decide, do I want to put it onto an Amazon platform or to a whatever for an online selling platform, right? And so people go online and buy them. Then, then, then do then you have you to get, take it to the mail? Yeah, then you ship it out to those people. Oh. That's self-publishing. Now, the different self-publishing is that, that you have to pay all of those costs, but whatever price you put and people buy, you keep 100% of that, right? But you have to pay for it up front, like the printing. You pay for all of it up front, but you own everything. So if it sells for $15, you get the full $15 per book. Uh -huh. Hybrid publishing is a middle of both, which is you're going to have to have a good enough book and a good enough reach that somebody's going to want to take it. But they're not, it's not going to be if you own Ginny and Chondo, right? Because they'll, they'll take yeah. somebody in the middle of the road because there will be, it's basically splitting the risk where I go to them and look, hybrid publishing is what I did. They said, yes, we'll take you on. 
And it was, um, the costs were a lot less of mine up front because they took on some of that. But I didn't get the full price when the book sold. They took a piece of it, but not as much. So like in, 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 in publishing, say you get your fee up front and you get 75 cents a book. Hybrid publishing, I paid for some of the cost up front, mm-hmm. and they had all the line content editors and all that stuff. And the warehousing, I never had to ship a book when person bought it. They kept it in uh, their warehouses. They send it out. But if the book sold for, for $12, I got $5. Okay. it's like, But they took some of the risk on. Okay. So they have to think it's good, and they have to think you're worth it. But it's not full-blown because I'm also, you know... I the line line editor, content editor, and all that didn't cost me as much as it would have uh, self published, but I did have to purchase all the books. But it stayed in their warehouses. They shipped them out. It was a whole distribution setup that I never touched. So to but I owned all the rights. I got to keep the name, the rights, and everything else. So that editor made more money if the books did well. So they're going to have to think that your stuff is good in order to take you on. And do you pitch? Okay, so to find that hybrid situation. Do you pitch your book? What do you like? Do you send them the whole thing when it's done? Do you send them a couple chapters? Send them the manuscripts. Then and, what's a manuscript? A manuscript is is the what, the whole book. I mean, you the, send them the whole book. Yeah, well, Type down. you better have ready. So we we sent a outline first, which was here's here's an outline pitch. Okay, so Roy and I put down kind of a quick, uh, you know, your synopsis, right? The mm-hmm. the I bet you didn't know I knew the word synopsis, wow, did you? you guys, he's just I mean, um, he's an Mike author drop. now. Mic drop. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna drop Ooh. your wine glass, except for I'm you've not, already drank already both drank. of my wines already. I did. Well, so, well, it was just it was just a little sip. So it's an outline of the book. It's just selling. It's a pitch sale. So you got to put something together. So so Roy and I put together the following I had, the things that I had, the the things I've accomplished, the things I look for, and a a outline, a one or two pager that somebody can sit down and read one or two pages and get an idea what the book would be about to grab their attention. That's basically what you do. And then they get back with you. Yeah. Or they don't get back with you, which many of them never got back to us. Yeah. <laughs> but then, but, some, but one did. But one did. Um, and so did you, okay, if you had to do it over again, would that still be the way that you selected for I publishing? I would only go the hybrid publishing. Really? Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have gone with, okay, interesting. Never. Interesting. I did like that we didn't have to ship any of these out because listen, I sell a lot of stuff on Poshmark, <laughs> which is kind of like writing a book. And I'm constantly going to the post office. So for every person that bought the book, you would have had to like label the thing and print it off mm-hmm. and send it out. I love the hybrid publishing route. And, and But if you can, worst case scenario is self-publishing and you at least can get it out there and see if the world will take on to it or not. But do you have to invest a lot of your own money in self-publishing? Oh yeah, it's all your own money. So, I mean, it can be, it, and how we're publishing is some of your own money too. It costs some of our own money also, but it wasn't as much as it, it would have been self-publishing. Right, and then you get money back, obviously, when you sell the book. Absolutely. Um, in terms of, but it's not a money. The book is not a money maker. Let's right. Say, unless you're Ginny and Chando, it's probably not going to be Look, a money maker. Nobody's going to buy my book. <laughs> let's be honest. But I've I've heard that from people who have very successful books that they're not money makers. It's not a money maker. It's just it's almost like you have to. If, if you're, you're Mark Twain and he hits big, yes, you know J.K. Rowling. Mark Twain. Yeah. It's just like a it's just a throwback. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't know Mark Twain? I mean, I know everybody knows Mark Twain, but it's just like 
It's very it's rare that very she's going to be money making. So you don't do the do book for money making. Do you think that our friend Bob Berg makes money? Money. Off of Bob Berg his makes books? big money. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you is another go. Yeah, but Bob Berg is another level. That's like the big level. Like he has sold millions of books at this point. There's a big difference, but that's hard to get to. I mean, and he still speaks on the regular. Too, yeah, right? but there, but there are people that have two million followers. They'll put a book out there and it sells two hundred thousand. Okay, Bob Berg has sold millions. That's how good his like. It's just that doesn't happen as often. Well, you cannot start doing a book thinking I'm gonna get rich. That's not what you do. And I, and I think, it, so, so you have to do it. It's good to hope and think you can. But don't do it thinking you're going to get right. rich because it's a very, 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 like very working, small percentage. Kind of like working in news. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? Hey, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. I mean, I, but but it's like we're in. It Dallas. took a long time. It took a minute. Um, so, I think it's. I think it's. Um, yeah, that's such a good point. Some people like hit it crazy big. And some people not just, one but just don't do it thinking you're going yeah. to. You got to do it with a pure genuine of you know. You have some genuine message you want to get out to the world and let it see if it takes fire or not. Has it been, <laughs> takes fire, ignorance on fire. Has it been kind of crazy when people write back and they're like, wow, your book really impacted me? Because that's happened several times. That's the only thing that kept me positive really through it all. Because as you know, I, honestly, I think a lot of my doubt with it all was that Roy's name wasn't on the book. It made me feel not authentic Mm -hmm. that it was purely me that did it all when it wasn't Roy. Now I did an introduction and it was dedicated to him to make sure everybody knew that he didn't know about that. I did because he didn't want his name on the book. Who edited the dedication? (laughs) um, The line editor because the Harvard publisher does all that gets those people. Um, yeah, it, it's, you know, people put a lot of stuff out there in, in their books and it's interesting because people write, you know, you write it in such an intimate setting and then yeah. don't realize that like your closest friends are going to be reading it. And people who knew you then and knew you, know you now and people, you know. And the people that was, were in the stories that I just changed the names and they know it was them, but it wasn't Was the that weird? Like, was that weird to Very speak weird. about them? And there were some people know. I texted and asked and, and got their verbal and their, their writing that it was okay, even though I wasn't using their name. Well, some of them, they let me use their name, and some I didn't, but I still got verbal. Oh, my gosh. I want to know who said change my name. I'm well, not I guess don't tell me. I don't can't. tell me publicly. Yeah, I can't tell. I guess tell me later, but that's interesting. It, it is it, It's quite the process. Was it... Um, more or less emotional than you thought it would be. It was because, miserable. Yeah. It was. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't something I liked. I wasn't, it wasn't enjoyable as much to me until I started, till the book came out. And I'm just being real. Yeah. I, it was not an enjoyable process. It's not my strength. It's not my, my wheelhouse. Um, but I will say that it was Roy's wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. He loved it. Um, until I started getting, until I got the messages and the stuff from the people that gave it to their son or grandson graduating high school, that it was something that meant a lot to them and all those things, did it mean a lot to me? Yeah. Um, until that happened, it was miserable for you me. I did not even... like being in the lot oh. with it. I yes. hated the book launch. I hated. I know. I he did. Hate, I, I made him do a book launch. It was like. 
you know, you ha- you're putting out a book. I mean, I work in media. Like, I'm like, I know how to launch a book. The know? only thing that made me do it all is because it also, you know, Roy making money on it was the fact of me pushing yeah. it out there. Now, and I would say one of the best things about the book was that the fact the podcast came from that. Yeah. That you made me and Roy, you and Roy both pushed and made me start the podcast to help promote and push the book. Yeah. And, and well, and what's crazy is I, I think back on that time, I think I just honestly, you know, as you're married to somebody longer, you get to know them longer. You'd like to think that when you Well, get we married, weren't married when I started the book. Well, no, let me, well, so, so I'll, but I'll explain my pushing of the book launch party. Um, when you first marry somebody, especially when you get engaged in six months and get, you know, married a year later, you don't, you think that you know them, but I think that just, and hopefully we'll continue to get to know each other better and get to just actually like, I don't know. It's, it's weird to say, oh, I didn't know you as well then because we had been married and I was, you know, pregnant with Brighton, but I, I didn't fully comprehend why you were so hesitant to do the book launch party. And you guys, it was amazing. So many of our friends showed up. It was. Um, I mean, people who we, I feel like that even like solidified friendships for me because I was like, wow, you showed up to my husband's book launch. That is so cool. And I had this cake made and I had It was napkins. amazing. I mean, I spent like, I, and I'm like, wow, all the time that I had before I had a child, <laughs> I was making personalized napkins. I made those little, I still have the little signs with the ignorance on fire and the, um, it, it was all yeah. it was great but it was like you didn't want to it was like you didn't want to do it it was like you didn't want to promote it it was really weird it was i i honestly i'm gonna blame it on roy <laughs> no but well and it's just and it's just it's like a lot you know it's just and i just don't want to be inauthentic and, i am yeah. not a believer of a fake ass people on instagram and everything today that put up their pictures of rented damn ferraris and <laughs> rented mansions they act like they got stuff and they lead people down the wrong path. And I'm sick of those people. And so for me, it was hard for me with my name being the only one on the front of that it felt book. felt like people didn't know. Knowing that I, that Roy Jeffords was the second part that helped make that come complete. But I also, because I respected Roy and he didn't want his name on the book, did, I didn't do it. So I was torn. I was in a conflict of, I wanted to respect yeah. his wishes and not. And... And I've all, you know, it's the, the jokes on Roy because everybody I've ever talked to, I've always thrown his name up. So, haha, haha. <laughs> Sorry, Roy. And Roy listens to the podcast. He's in the second shot group, um, and posts a little fun stuff from time to time. Well, and you guys know that Heath has struggled with dyslexia. He's yes, like, you know, been open about that. So I think, you know, it, it makes sense to have had somebody help you with that. I, I think that you have to kind of know where you're at in the world. You don't want to beat your head up against a wall to try to become a writer when that's like not your thing, but you do have a story to tell. So I think that that's why, that's why, you know, the message about teamwork is a good one. And it was enough for me to know though, I did a lot of work on it. It wasn't like I I just said, Hey Roy, write something. And then I'll sit back and do nothing. We worked our butts off together. I, he was a, the linchpin of it all, but we both worked together. and, And I will tell you that, it all starts with doing something and it's going to take a time. Something very good takes a long time. And so the fact is that somebody sparked something in me to put some stuff down. I started putting it down, started putting it down, giving it to them. Next thing you know, four or five years later, a book came about of it. That was not the start. So wherever you were sitting it, if you have content in your mind, put them on videos on YouTube's on Facebook, start a community group or start putting them on a little blog post or do all these things and see what the hell happens. 
that's what you got to do. You got to start somewhere, which is mm-hmm. put some stuff down and see what the heck happens. You don't know where it's going to lead. You don't know what's going to happen. So don't try to find the ending before you do the start. Because if you don't start, you're not going to have an ending. You can never get to step two without step one. That's a Zig Ziglar quote. Oh. Had to get Zig in. Oh, my gosh. I was supposed to be leading this podcast, but Heath took control, put Zig in. I miss having Zig be a part of our podcast. Well, he's dead, huh? Well, babe, I just <laughs> I mean, mean I just mean you just because. Yeah, I love Zig. Because we're, cause Heath loves Zig and we're just still in the middle of this pandemic and business and just, you know. It's really annoying when Heath has to work for a living and can't come and hang out with us and do podcasts all the time. But um, I think this has been fun. It has been fun, even though you drank my wine. I did drink your wine. But this maybe we'll do more podcasts from home. Let us know. Give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down. This was kind of off the rails. Yes. But let us know if you guys like this version. Um, babe, you have not been back to do um, an encouragement for ratings and reviews. So I'm going to shame everybody right now. Go leave a rating and review. It helps us share it with your friends and family. It would be great. Thank you so much. You can find me at Ignorance on Fire and Heath Oaks. Um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all those things. I'm hardly ever on Twitter, but I'm actually there. But Ignorance on Fire on, on Instagram or Facebook, you can find me the most. You can totally tweet hate at him and he'll never yes, know because he's absolutely. never on it. Um, you forgot to, like, you know, pump up your book. If you never heard of Ben's book, it's called Ignorance on Fire. And you can grab it on Amazon or just like slide into my DMs. Maybe I'll send you one. You never know. Um, This was so fun. We'll be back with um, Zach and Matt in the next probably couple weeks. weeks. We have, oh man, you guys, some good episodes. Next week we're doing one. We've got a deep dive on sex trafficking and just the realities of it. It's really freaking crazy um, and, and sad. So we've got that coming up. Don't forget to share this podcast. If you know somebody who's thinking about, okay, you know, ah, I've got a thing. I want to write about it. Hopefully this could be helpful for them. He's like, wrap it up, Jenny, wrap it up. Um, today, Junior. Today. <laughs> then um, shoot this podcast over to them. And we just thank you guys for being a part of the community. And um, we invite you to our group, facebook.com slash groups slash second shot. And we will see you in there and we'll see you next time. Okay, bye guys.